Hello, and welcome to K-Pop for Old People. I'm your host, Ari, and... And I am your other host, Norm, Ari's middle-aged dad. On K-Pop for Old People, we teach, or I teach, my father about K-Pop and things in that genre, and he listens. Because listening is important, especially when you're a middle-aged dad who doesn't know anything about what's cool to my kids. Okay, so K-pop. Yes. Let's start with... There's a lot of things we could start with. How do you suggest we start? Um, how about we start with just basically how K-pop groups work. Okay. So um, usually there are boy groups and girl groups and then the very, very rare mixed gender groups, which there have only been one that I've heard of, and that is CARD, which is two men, two women. But... um. I personally am more of a girl group fan, but I, there are still um, boy groups that I like. So K-pop groups have a company, and I'll get into companies later, but um, they have a company that um, they are in. They, um, they, <laughs> they audition for the groups, and if they get in, they start training. And there's like a very... You could be training for like 10 years or something. Mm. And so, you know, you practice... Um, you pra- practice Korean sometimes. You uh, practice dancing, practice singing, practice, practice rapping, stuff like that. So, um, okay, so you know, I already busy. yeah, I already have a lot of questions. Um, so, starting with you mentioned, sometimes they practice Korean. Are not all of these groups native Korean speakers? Yes, there are like as they call foreigners, which are like from other countries, so they might not be as good uh, with Korean as people who are naturally born in Korea. So, um, like for example, like the majority of foreign people are like either from Japan, which is like probably the biggest, and like Australia, America, other places, China, even. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different people from lots of different places. So we should probably even define our terms here for people who have never heard the term K-pop before. Yes. Um, I think most people who have at least heard those words understand that it, the K in K-pop stands for Korea. Yes, or Korean. Right. But what is it about, like, how how would you define K-pop as a genre of music? I'd say K-pop is different than popular music in Korea. Because popular music in Korea could be, like, any Korean artist, but, like, K-pop groups are usually specific groups that have been training for a long time, but they're from companies, and, like, so that's kind of different. The companies thing, yeah. If I were to compare that to something in the American music business, would that be, like, a record company, or is there nothing that's similar in, in the United States? Not really that I can think of at the moment, because, like... Um, there are many companies, like, there are the big three, as they say. For the big three, there's, like, JYP Entertainment, SM Entertainment, and YG Entertainment. I don't know what those stand for. Okay. <laughs> but they're all companies that, um, have people audition for them. Then, if they get accepted, then they train and eventually debut into K-pop groups. So the companies are almost like, uh, like like a factory that makes a product, the product that the, that company makes is K-pop groups. Kind of, yeah. And, like, their companies have, like, staff that help the K-pop groups with things. 
and such? So the thing that that reminds me of, like when I was younger in like the 90s and there was the big uh, like boy band craze, which I'm sure that's different, but it also seems like there were a lot of like producers and and uh, like there was even a TV show I remember where I think it was called Making the Band pre-American Idol where they would audition people and it was like a reality show where they tried to put together a boy band and you saw all the behind the scenes stuff. So does that sound similar? Sort of. I mean, there are those types of things in Korea, like Boys Planet, I believe. There are more. I don't really get into that kind of stuff, but I've heard of them before where they're like trainees that they like actively put out on camera and stuff. Like they're not debuted yet and they still like are learning and such and they like kind of are episodes of like a tv show or something okay you said these people are coming from all over uh it sounds like mostly like asia pacific kind of areas but usually um okay so it seems like it starts all from this company level there aren't really any groups that like in american music whether that's the boy band stuff or like even going back to like the Motown girl groups of like the sixties or, you know, the four tops or, or the miracles or whatever, those tended to be folks who were like friends in high school or, or met in college or something and uh, formed their own group. So that doesn't really exist in the K-pop world. No, because not really, because like there could be like groups of people in Korea that like try to make their own K-pop groups without actually being from a company, which like they're kind of K-pop groups. Like they make K-pop music and their groups, but they're not really K-pop groups in the sense that like they're from a company and like they have all this other stuff. Okay. That like K-pop groups from companies have. Okay. So how would you define K-pop from like a musical perspective? Well, I feel like their songs are definitely like very upbeat and like fun, but then there are like different um, like uh, what's the word themes or something that like songs or specific groups have. And like they kind of make songs that go off of that. Um, But like they definitely like always have a dance to go with it. And so that's what they perform with. Because, like, if you see, like, an American band, they're going to be, like, playing their songs while singing into a microphone. But, like, with K-pop groups, they're, like, dancing to the music with their choreography that they got to the music with, like, these little earpieces and, like, the mic that goes to their mouth. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like K-pop is not just a musical genre, but it's encompassing. It sounds like there's lyrical themes that, that you're talking about, as well as there's a strong dance element to it as well yes um like for example with the like themes or whatever red velvet has like this thing that they have where um red velvet is a group is a yes it's a girl group uh they their theme or whatever is like like slight hidden horror like they sound like their songs sound upbeat and stuff but like there's also like some creepy secret under the lyrics and such okay so they they have like a sort of a gothic feel or just like like a horror movie kind of thing kind of hmm interesting well like it doesn't look like it at first but when you deep dive into it 
it's like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Oh, okay. So like the fact that it's like subtle and like under the surface is part of the aesthetic. Yeah. Right. Okay. You said there was the big three companies. And so like how many groups would be associated with like a company generally? Well, that depends because there's like different generations of K-pop. And currently we are like in Gen 4, just barely on Gen 5. Okay. How do you define a generation? Um, It's like like generation with people's ages. Like it's a certain amount of years and then the next one happens. Oh. And then there's groups from that place. Okay. Interesting. So I'm trying to figure out how that works. Say more about the generational thing. I'm not sure that I fully understand it. I don't really know very much how it works, but like from what I know, it's like the generation starts, there's a couple years in between, and then like another generation happens, and like it keeps evolving over the generations. And another thing is like people have been noticing that like throughout the generations, people have been debuting like minors and young children, not children, more like teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like for example, in the group New Jeans, um, the youngest was 14 when they debuted. Okay. And people are thinking like that's kind of dangerous and scary for them because like they have to go through like dangerous diets to like keep the body shape that people want. Oh. And like um, they have to like go through a lot of like maybe even overworking themselves to like get the uh-huh. things that the companies wants, or like the hatred that they get for like small things. Sure. I I mean I I think you know music history is plenty of examples of folks who became famous at a very young age and sometimes that doesn't work out so well yeah because it's like a lot to take in for somebody who's like still growing Mm -hmm. like both physically and mentally so like first generation k-pop when would you say that started probably like in the 80s or 90s oh okay so in the 80s that was kind of when k-pop first became like a thing i mean i guess uh, sure obviously Cause, like there were probably <laughs> <laughs> there were probably like some few things that like happened a bit before maybe and then like it finally got popular in there because like k-pop usually comes from like westerners and like that's their demographic people from like america and stuff that's what so, westerners mean i guess sure um so K-pop gets made for not just Korean audiences, but intentionally made for a worldwide audience. Yeah, for the majority of it. But then there are like some groups that are more popular in Korea because of something they do, and like some that are more popular like um, internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the K-pop idol Won Young from IVE, former is one, um, was like very popular in Korea but also very hated at the same time because, like, she's the most popular, but she's also the most hated from, like, people call her a quote-unquote pick-me, as they say, which is, like, somebody who tries to get attention, usually a woman. Okay. Who tries to get attention by doing, like, unnecessary things. Like, for example, a clip of one young eating a strawberry with, like, two hands has gone viral for being, like, oh, she's just trying to be an attention seeker. Okay. <laughs> and, like, I feel like she was more popular in Korea... For some things that she do, she does, then, like, internationally. But Stray Kids, on the other hand, which is a boy group, um, would be more popular internationally. I don't 
know what the reason is, but they are. Okay. But I, I hear what I hear you saying is like K-pop groups and individuals uh, are subject to the same kind of like scrutiny and criticism and, and uh, you know, all the stuff that any, you know, famous person anywhere might be. Like no Subject matter what to. you do, you're going to get criticized sure. and like hate. Yeah, but also to the degree that like we know that specifically famous women are held to certain beauty standards and and you know standards of behavior and so that is something that happens in K-pop as well. Yes, um, idols are usually f- not. Well, technically, yeah, forced um, to like keep a uh, like a nice thin and like not too curvy mm-hmm. like body shape, and like to be pale and like like be quiet and not too like just normal misogyny and stuff like sure. that. Sure, but like for example, there are idols like um, Jung Yeon from Twice. She has like a naturally rounder body, and it mm-hmm. probably runs in her family, and she can't mm-hmm. really control that very well. And like another idol from Twice, Momo, h- had to be put on a diet that was like a, f- a few ice cubes a day. Oh wow! And that was all. That so like sounds terrible. Pretty serious. And like they're like upset because like the company does this to them, like so that they have that they're popular, mm-hmm. like everywhere. Right. Because of the, as we said, the, you know. Korean the, beauty standards the, is what they're called. Oh, okay. So they they actually, that's actually something that it has been called out in, in, you know, the press or whatever. Yeah. How do you feel about that as a fan? I feel like idols should just, like, be who they want to be. Because, sure. like, they're human beings with, like, feelings and emotions and stuff. And, like they shouldn't be forced to do anything that they don't want to do. Does that knowing that, that at least from what I'm hearing and as is the premise of this whole podcast, like I'm learning all of this as you're telling me about it. But like my reaction, I guess is the, the idea of companies that are, you know, auditioning people and trying to create, a product basically you know the product being k-pop groups and k-pop stars really it makes me wonder does that affect the way that you feel about the music given that you understand that some of the stuff that goes along with the creation of the music can be harmful to the people who are performing it Not really. It just affects the way I see, like, if it's one specific person, like, that person in the group. And, like, I'm usually, like, a multi-stan, as they say, where I like specific or multiple people in one group. But, like, sometimes I like most of the group except for some people. And, like, I don't really have a good reason why. But, like, in some ways or in some circumstances, um, I don't like one person for, like, a specific reason. And it sounds kind of weird, but like, I don't know. Sure. Well, everybody likes what they like. I get that. And that's normal. But 
I. It feels weird saying it like that because those are human beings. Yeah. Because like I could say, oh, I like these colors, but like these ones, I just don't really like. But what I'm talking about humans, it's kind of weird. Sure, but everybody who is a fan of any kind of music, you know, there's some songs and groups and you know performers that they like better than others for whatever reason you know everybody likes what they like uh so i wanted to ask you because you've used the term idol a few times but we haven't really talked what now from context i'm gathering that idol is just like a word used in k-pop for like a star or how would you define that well if you're talking about k-pop idol is usually used to like like for one person specifically because like because they'd be like k-pop person and stuff like that <laughs> it sounds weird so we just kind of use idol meaning k-pop idol and also like there are soloists out there oh still from um companies but like they don't they're not in a group and so it's just an easy way to um like pick one person out of like an entire group or something so idol is just the k-pop term for a, an individual I guess. As opposed to a group. Yeah. So even somebody who's like a solo act would still be called a K-pop idol. Yes. Okay. Like, for example, in the group Twice, I could say like, oh, the K-pop group Twice and like that has this idol, meaning the one person from the group. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds like K-pop has a lot of very specific terminology. I could teach you some of the terms that... um, people in k-pop or k-pop idols use okay that sounds good so a fan would be like a fan okay makes sense when when you um when you have a favorite you usually would call them your bias okay so like for example i could say oh my bias from itzy is yeji or something okay so that would be my favorite sure well one thing that you said earlier that i i understand what you mean but i'm not sure everybody listening might understand is use the word stan which isn't specific to k-pop but it sounds like it get used in k-pop you stan specifically means stalker fan but usually people don't use it it's in a stalker way they usually say like a fan who really really likes it right hopefully not to the point where they stalk people Because those exist. People like that exist. That's interesting because I've definitely heard the term stand before um, in non-K-pop context, but I've never heard it as an abbreviation of stalker fan before. Um, My familiarity with it is from the Eminem song, Stan, which basically describes that scenario. But um, yeah, okay. Like, I would call myself a K-pop stan, but not a stalker stan. Just, like, I really like K-pop, because that's, like, the only kind of songs I listen to, really. (laughs) And you said before that your fandom of K-pop pretty much originated and is continued through uh, stuff that you found on the internet. Yeah, because that's usually where people find stuff that they're interested in because everybody uses the internet nowadays. It's true. It's not like when I was your age and when I wanted to find new music that I liked, I just had to listen to the radio and listen to whatever came on. And then probably when I was a little bit older, I spent a lot of time in record stores, but that's not as much a thing anymore. 
which I miss, but that's okay because time progresses and technology marches on. So you don't have friends or classmates or anything that you really connect with over K-pop? Well, I have one friend. Okay. That I know. Because I have two other friends that like say they like K-pop, but when I ask them, oh, what's your favorite song from Stray Kids? Because that's what they said they like. They said they didn't know any song names. Sure. I'm like, mm, they're not really. No, I get that. Uh, yeah. Because I think like the cultural messaging around K-pop is that, you know, it's popular with teenagers or whatever. Um, but I'm trying to get a gauge of like, how popular is it compared to like all the other stuff that's going on out there, which there's, you know, a million things. I feel like it is pretty popular because most of the content I look like I find on my YouTube page is like a bunch of people talking about K-pop, mm -hmm. but I've never been able to find someone like in real life to talk to and like, like relate to the fact that we both like K-pop. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe through this, I can be that person for you. We'll see. I mean, I guess. Maybe I can even get you into K-pop. Maybe you can. Uh, we've listened to it a few times in the car. Yeah. Uh, but that's really my only exposure because uh, I haven't tried listening to it on my own yet. We'll see if we get there. Some Sometimes I do this thing where, like, I'll pick a specific person and then, like, from what I know about them, I'll think about, like, what kind of K-pop groups would they listen to? Hmm, Okay. And, like, for you, I don't really know, actually. Well. Because, <laughs> like, I'm thinking about, like, your personality and, like, um, the kind of music you like. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard for me to connect that to, like, a fairly recent K-pop group. Because they're, like, most of the groups that I know are from fourth generation and third. Very few from third, but mostly from fourth generation. Because that's when I got introduced to K-pop. Sure. So, have you done any, like research going back into like the history of k-pop not really okay i know that there is this like for me when i was a kid um i would often find out about other, new bands that i liked by seeing connections from bands i already knew about right so i would see who maybe those bands said that were influences of theirs from earlier generations or who they uh, cited as uh, people that they listened to when they were younger. So the fact that K-pop seems to be mostly coming from these companies, it doesn't sound necessarily like people are getting into it because they were really inspired by an earlier generation, but maybe more so because they're pursuing you know, just a dream to be a pop star. Uh, speaking of, like, companies and stuff, I was going to bring us back to, like, the start where I was talking about companies and, like, boys and girl groups. And, like, there are, like, several companies I know of, but, like, usually the most popular ones are the ones I named earlier, like JYP, SM, and uh, YG. But there's also, like, smaller ones, like, well, there's Hybe Labels, which has several under... Um, like the most popular one, probably Big Hit Entertainment, because it has TXT and BTS, which are BTS is very popular. You've probably heard of it before. Yeah, I think of any if anybody's heard of a current K-pop group, BTS is probably the one they've heard yeah. of. 
BTS fun fact was actually a third group, a third generation K-pop group. Okay. But yeah. So I I'm guessing that probably the popularity of BTS influenced you know a lot of the people who got involved in the fourth generation. Um sort of I guess because um with TXT from also from Big Hit is also a boy group. Um, and so people often look at TXT as like BTS's little siblings. Oh, okay. Which I don't really, I don't think so. Because like I feel like every group is separate and like because one thing was popular from one uh, company and like there's another one of those basically mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're the same. They're like still separate but like yeah they can be connected and whatever because most of the members from TXT are BTS fans. So I feel like that influences them in some way. Okay. And with K-pop groups, there's also Cube Entertainment, Starship Entertainment, uh, many, many others that are, like, very um, small and, like, barely known of. Yeah, I keep thinking of these companies that you're talking about in this in the sense of, like, a record label, um, because that's just the only analog that I can think of from my knowledge of, you know, American music. From Cube Entertainment, there is, like, I feel like Cube Entertainment has, like, gives their idols a bit more freedom. And the the girl group, G-Idol, some people say that it's pronounced idol, but I wonder why is there a G in it, if you're not supposed <laughs> to pronounce fair question. it. Because in Korea, it's Yoja Idol, which means girl idol. So obviously the G stands for girl. Okay. I just say it as G-Idol because I don't want to be confused every time I try to type it out. Um, but yeah, they're group is like very focused on like empowerment to women oh, um, okay for example like their last three songs tomboy nude and queen card um tomboy is supposed to be like um like powerful women and stuff mm-hmm. and then nude is trying to like speak out against like sexual harassment towards women and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then queen card is like to be um like confident in your in your body because um in the start of the music video um soyeon the um, leader, um, like goes to a plastic surgery place oh. and stuff like that. And then after she gets like put on, um, anesthetics or whatever, drugs, something like mm-hmm. that, something that makes her pass out. Yeah. And then like the actual music video happens. And then at the end of the thing, she wakes up and that's apparently what the whole thing was a dream. I don't know. That's just <laughs> what I, <laughs> um, okay. but yeah, like their whole thing is like empowering women and like to feel good in your own body and stuff like that. Well, that's good. Uh, I, it sounds like it's useful to have, uh, you know, cause we talked earlier about some of the misogyny that comes with, you know, being a famous person in any, uh, artistic pursuit. So there's always gotta be some feminist response to that to like counteract some of that stuff. Okay, so, well, wow, that was a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like there is uh, a lot for me to learn about K-pop. And so um, I think next time we're going to start doing some deeper dives into specific K-pop groups. Yes. And you will teach me and maybe we will, uh, maybe we'll, maybe you can make some recommendations on like songs that I can listen to. Yeah, like my favorite song from some group yeah 
I feel like there's still a lot more to learn about K-pop. That was just what I could think of off the top of my head. All right. Well, I guess for now, we'll leave it at that. And uh, next time, who are we going to find out more about? Um, the next episode will be about Twice. Twice. Is that one of your favorite groups? Yes, definitely. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing about Twice next time. And uh, for me, Norm, the middle-aged dad, and... Ari, the K-pop listener. This has been... K-pop for old people. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And young. Yeah.